With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200 k for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. This is The Crossover, an NBA show hosted by Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. It's a whole new level for you and me, Chris, this relationship. Like and subscribe for the best weekly NBA content these two are capable of. What does that mean? Could be the best duo ever. I don't see how you can beat that. Here they are, Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. And we are back. Crossover NBA podcast, Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. Post-Christmas edition, Howard, of the Crossover podcast. We are live and coming to you with a new episode this week because we are tireless, Howard. We just want to speak to our audience as often as humanly possible. Isn't that right? Well, the NBA never stops, uh, although briefly on Christmas Eve. So uh, we we can't stop either, although I am going to stop for uh, to pause and not do a Friday episode this week, so that'll be mm. returning in uh, in the first week of uh, I guess that'll be January next week. But uh, no Friday pod this week. But we are here, Chris, because um, I think because you made me do this. I yes, I think case. that's probably that's actually close <laughs> to it. Yeah, I think th- there was a chance that I, I was going to suggest we skip the week, take it off, pick up the start of the year. But yeah, you know, the hard news kind of hit. And, and we had heard a lot about James Harden and, you know, potentially him return to Houston over the last couple of months. That, you know, kind of exploded over the weekend. Uh, and there was some interesting Christmas Day games. So here we are to talk about all those things and uh, much more. Before I get into them, Howard, something we addressed last week I want to hit you on at the top of the show. Um, the Brooklyn Nets have now won nine games in a row. 
nine in a row. And last week we kind of last week we pointed out the schedule was a little bit soft. Well, they beat Milwaukee, and yeah, Milwaukee didn't have Chris Middleton, but they beat him. And then they go to Cleveland and beat the Cavaliers. So, you know, they're starting to beat some good teams here, Howard, and they're starting to beat them pretty convincingly. I've, I have, I, you know, I have been on the Nets bandwagon for some time. I, I've been a believer that this team um, can get it together and has gotten it together. Now the distractions from the last couple of months have been removed. After watching and seeing the result of their slate of games over the last few days, are you starting to change your opinion on the Brooklyn Nets? So it's it's funny, and I think I might have mentioned this on an earlier episode some weeks back, but... I've already been at both extremes with this team because this team inspires extreme reactions. Um, the consensus around the league before the season was the Nets had the potential to either be a finals slash championship contender at their absolute best, everything goes right, or an absolutely spectacular disaster at the other extreme. And there really was no in-between. Nobody really felt like this is a team that's just going to be middling around. No, the, the talent suggests title contention. Their profile and character and recent history suggests insanity, uh, drama. Um, and we got so much of the drama early in the season. And there were some injuries, too. And it took a while for Ben Simmons to find himself again after so long uh, of not playing. And so, you know, my feeling writing them off early was more about, I think I've overestimated them. And I should note this for the record, because it's not on the record. Before the season... Our editors actually hit us up and said, and I think this went into maybe the preseason issue or into the uh, the preview issue, but we were asked to answer a bunch of questions. And one of them was, who will have the best record in the East? And these were not ones that were printed. This was just for the sake of polling us to, to come up with a formula or something or a consensus. And I had the Nets with the highest win total in the, in the East. True story. I had the Nets with the highest win total in the East. And if you'd asked me just on paper, I was always the, yes, on paper, this is a top four team in the East. This is a team that should compete for the Eastern Conference title. And I think I was even saying that up until the point where they came out of the gates just falling all over themselves and then Kyrie blowing things up with, you know, social media posts. And at that point, I'm like, you know what? I overestimated them. I, I bought too far into the idea that their talent would be enough and that they could settle everything down. The one thing that's been consistent above all else, of course, is Kevin Durant. He has been absolutely spectacular. He's been healthy. He has, he has carried a huge burden. He has been as efficient. Kirk Goldsberry had some great stuff the other day. Kevin Durant, the last two seasons, one of the most efficient players in, in history, especially from the mid-range. He's been incredible. He's been an MVP candidate. We're not even talking about that part enough, that Kevin Durant could be an MVP candidate again at this stage of his career, post-Achilles, mid-30s, everything. He's the rock. Everything else has been subject to, to wild swings. Kyrie, Ben Simmons, the role players, the coach, uh, because... Nash obviously flamed out and Jacques Vaughn's been pretty good. I, what to make of them now? You're right. As of this time last week, I said, let me see what they do against Milwaukee. I was at that game. They kicked the Bucks' ass. <laughs> ass is. Uh, their collective ass. They kicked something. They were great. They just thumped Cleveland. Now, Cleveland hasn't been all that great lately, but whatever. Like These are the other teams that are near the top of the East uh, or at the top of the East. Um I'm not going to get cute and say, well, let's see what they do against Boston again because they lost to Boston last time. Right, you know what? They'll, they'll get Boston in mid-January. In mid They're legit good right now. Good to great. 
do I believe that makes them a title contender? This is where on this topic and at least one other that we may cover today, I'm going to say, let's just wait a little. Okay. It's still, we're late December. We're a third of the way into the season. It's not that the sample size is too small. Sample size is good. Sample size is legit. The, the Nets are legitimately good to great right now. It's another leap of faith to call them a title contender because we have a lot of season left to play. A lot of season in which distractions could come up again and injuries could come up again. And this is a team that has both of those. Those are volatile markers for this team. Health and just random stuff that they may create themselves. Specifically one guy. So we'll see. If they could get through the rest of the next four months healthy and without any drama, <laughs> I, like, yes, I've never said that they didn't have the talent. I've always been, uh, my skepticism has always been rooted in their volatility. And, you know, some of this too is that we didn't know what Ben Simmons would be. And Ben Simmons has, not consistently, but he's kind of rounded back into old Sixers form. And, and that's been a fantastic thing for them. I think we'll be talking a lot about the Nets in the next couple of weeks because if you look at the schedule, um, they go to Atlanta for their next game, but then they've got games against Charlotte, San Antonio, and Chicago. Those figure to be wins. They're not tested again until January 6th when they play at New Orleans. That's followed by a Sunday game against Miami. So... They're going to have a chance to rack up some wins. And right now, as we record this, they're only two games back, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. So they're right there, not just in the mix for a high playoff spot, but to potentially be that top seed in the conference. And as you mentioned, January 12th at home against Boston, that should be a pretty good test for where the Nets are uh, as well. Can I just um, add one yeah. quick thing before we move on, which is this, because I've gotten some people clapping at me in, in – uh, Always. back at me on Twitter, of course. Well, no, because I wrote the blow up the Nets thing, you know, six weeks ago, whenever it was. What do you think now? What do you think now? How you, like all this stuff? Like, first of all, folks, like, grow up. Um, <laughs> secondly, why do you care? Thirdly, no, I have not changed my mind because it wasn't based on whether or not they could turn their season around. It was based on all the signs, yes, being very, very bad at that point, but also about the idea, which has not changed in my mind, that this is it. It's all or nothing this season. I don't believe there's any circumstance, including a championship, that would make this team want to bring back Kyrie Irving. And if Kyrie Irving is gone, then you have peeled away a major uh, piece in terms of just the talent level. And I don't know where they, where they stand then or where Kevin Durant will stand and how, how happy he'll be. I still believe now, as I did six weeks ago, like the basketball, they've taken care of it. They've just concentrated on the game for once. It's been great. And maybe they will win a championship. I could be completely surprised by that even though at the beginning of the season i thought they could be a title contender they have turned it around and that's to their credit my blow it up argument was not about they can't ever win it was about no matter what happens this season it's over after this year cash out while you can because you don't know how much longer kevin durant will have any uh staying power and market uh um value and I, i i simply just don't trust kyrie irving to stay the course so, no, I have not changed my mind to those who are asking. Well, I'm sure they'll stop tweeting at you then. That's, <laughs> that's usually how it works. All right. I want to talk about the Christmas Day bomb that our friend Adrian Wojnarowski dropped uh, just hours before the Philadelphia 76ers 
took on the Knicks at Madison Square Garden on Christmas Day. Uh, James Harden, I'll read the first line of his story. James Harden is seriously considering a return to the Houston Rockets in free agency this July if he decides against a new deal with the Philadelphia 76ers. That's according to sources that told ESPN. As I mentioned at the top, Howard, this was kind of in the rumor mill for some time now. Really, over the last few months, we've heard some rumblings that James Harden uh, may be interested in going back to Houston. This report, of course, blew the doors off. It became a major storyline, a kind of a bizarre storyline in a way, because Philadelphia's playing its best basketball of the season right now. They had won eight games in a row going into that game against New York. They beat the Knicks nine games in a row as we record this. Um, it, It just, the timing seemed to be interesting to say the least so I've got some thoughts on this but I'll let you go first um James Harden back to Houston or considering a return to Houston what was your reaction to that report bizarre I mean I think his his desire to go back is strange enough on its own we can talk about that the 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 fact that this came out when it did Um, The timing was strange, not just the day or right before a game, nationally televised game for that matter. Um, It was strange because they're playing pretty well lately. Harden's kind of gotten his his stuff together and he and Embiid seem to be clicking as well as they have since they became teammates back in February. Like for of all the times for this to come out, it was strange. Also, on top of that, you mentioned the original report from ESPN, but within minutes, there was also a more extensive write-up from Jake Fisher uh, at Yahoo, recent crossover guest Jake Fisher, who clearly already had this all all written. So that means that multiple people had been working on this, broke it around the same time for two different organizations, which means it wasn't just that this was percolating. It means that probably, you know, some folks kind of wanted this out. Um, I'm not going to speculate about who or why, but just the the one-two punch... Um, of two reports from two different places with various levels of, of specificity about it. It's just really interesting and strange. Um, you know, Jake Fisher's report talked about Harden missing not just the Rockets, but missing Houston and I guess his lifestyle there and his, you know, being part of the pop culture scene and obviously the nightlife famously, infamously, he has enjoyed for, for many, many years. And, you know, Okay, fine, but I thought this was the stage of career where Harden keeps telling us now I just want to win. I want to win championships. I'm, I'm great with with Embiid, and um, this is it. It's the only thing missing from my resume. And I, and every other every interview he do, does is about pushing back on the notion that he can't win in the postseason, or that he can't win the big one, or that he's just too about himself. Like what? And and behind all that, you want to go back to Houston to a rebuilding team with a bunch of guys who are 22 and under to a franchise that you screwed on the way out. This is just bizarre. Bizarre is a good word for it. Um, All right, let's unpack this from a couple of different angles. Harden's return to Houston, Harden wanting to return to Houston, I I don't get it all. It can't have anything to do with winning. The Rockets right now (laughs) are the worst team in the Western Conference. As we record this, they've got 10 wins. Um, they snapped, I think it was a six-game losing streak against Chicago uh, on Monday night. They have some interesting pieces there. I think Jalen Green has the potential to be a dynamic scorer. Jabari Smith, certainly an interesting two-way player. 
Kevin Porter Jr. has a lot of talent, but there's a million question marks around him as far as his ability to be consistent and stay with that talent. They're light years away from competing. His his desire to go back to Houston makes no sense from a basketball perspective. Why he wouldn't be eager to stay in Philadelphia, I don't understand. Because the 76ers would appear to be a perfect fit for him. Um, He has a dominant big man in the prime of his career in Joel Embiid. He has real talent around him, championship-level talent, whether it is Tyrese Maxey or uh, Tobias Harris or any of the guys they have on the roster. George Niang has been great for that team this year. That's a team built to win, not just this year, but for the next couple of years. He's got a GM who... Presumably, he still trusts in Daryl Morey, who we built a strong relationship with uh, during his time in Houston. It's been suggested to me by uh, other team officials that this feels a lot like a leverage play. You know, Harden, maybe people around Harden putting it out there that he could consider a homecoming with Houston in order to get the best deal in the offseason from Philadelphia, though he just took a cut-rate deal from the 76 of this past offseason, uh, in part, I guess, to free the Sixers up with uh, some cap room to sign some of the guys that they went out and signed, P.G. Tucker most notably. Um, but beyond that, Howard, like if you're Houston and the Rockets' front office and Rockets' ownership and you're reading that report on Christmas Day, if you're not laughing uncontrollably you're having the wrong response. The last thing the Houston Rockets need next summer is James Harden. And I had a, I tweeted something like this on Christmas Day. And I had some Rockets fans coming back at me about, you know, we, we, he's a veteran, solid player. We need guys like that on this team. James Harden is not coming to Houston on a short-term cut-rate deal. Not happening. If James Harden were to sign with the Houston Rockets, it would be on a four-year max-level deal. Next season, Harden will be 34 years old. You're going to sign a 34-year-old James Harden to a max-level deal that would take him through his age 38 season on that team. A team that has 10 wins right now. A team that is deeply in the chase for Victor Wembayama. Tell me how that makes any sense. Tell me how that is a appropriate move for the Houston Rockets. It's not. I I don't know if the Rockets have the right mix to you know to take the next step over the next couple of years. Are they the 2009-ish Oklahoma City Thunder, 2008 Oklahoma City Thunder, a team that was loaded with young talent that needed a couple of years to develop. Maybe. Are they something else? Maybe. I don't know. But the last thing this team needs is to plug James Harden into that mix. Why would they do that? Explain to me, Howard. Help me. Help me. I, I mean, if I'm members of that front office, or if I'm Tillman Fertitta, the owner, and I read that, and I didn't just start dying laughing in that moment, sipping my eggnog on Christmas Day and dying laughing. It's the wrong reaction. 
Because if the Houston Rockets sign James Harden, they are the dumbest franchise in the NBA. Because it makes no sense for them to add a player at his age and with his contract to that team. It, I, I don't even know. I, honestly, would James Harden get them in the playoffs right now? Like, If you put him on that Rockets team right now, would he get him in the playoffs? A high usage rate player on that team, would he get him in the playoffs? It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. It's laughable to think that the Rockets should consider James Harden. It really is. Yeah, this doesn't work on either side of it. I mean, let's let's start with uh, the Rockets, first of all. So let's not forget that James Harden didn't just demand a trade, but when he didn't get it immediately, started sulking his way through like three weeks of the season to force the trade. He made them as uncomfortable as he possibly could by dogging it out there. And there was the whole... What, I can't remember. It's So many things have happened in this league since then, and even Harden alone. But um, did he... He was partying when he was supposed to be at training camp or media day. What was it? I can't even remember in, in the fall of, of 2021, right? Um, or 2020? God, it's all a blur. Um, but yeah. 2020 fall of. 20, it yeah. was like that. That, that was he, the start of the, the shortened COVID season. Right. I mean, before he forces the trade. But he was doing everything possible to make them uncomfortable. So it was a messy exit. It was an uncomfortable exit. And... You know, he was giving up on them because he thought this we can't we can't compete at the high at a high enough level. So he forces his way out to go join a Nets team with two stars on it, and then he sours on the Nets and he forces his way to Philly, where he's now paired with a two-time runner-up for MVP, Joel Embiid. This is as great a pairing as he's going to possibly find if basketball actually matters. And I'm gonna say if basketball actually matters, because right now, I'm not sure. Be like I don't mind listen, every player. And certainly the stars, they all have their own priorities. Some guys just want to have a, a nice lifestyle, make some money. Some guys pick a team based on cities that they want to live in. Like, oh, that's fine. Like, I don't expect that all 450 players have the same burning desire to win a championship. Some do and some don't. Some are somewhere in between. It's fine. If James Harden wants to talk big about wanting to win a championship and legacy and wanting, wanting to be an all-time great and wanting to be on that list of the greatest shooting guards of all time, um, and I think he had alluded to the idea recently. Maybe it was, um, whose story was that? Um, might've been, might've been your own Weitzman story where fit, where, where, uh, Harden wants to, you know, get in there with, with, with like Dwayne Wade, but Dwayne Wade's got multiple championships and you've got that list of you know, Michael Jordan and Kobe and Dwayne Wade. If you want to be there, you got to get to the finals at least once. I mean, he was with the, in the finals as a sixth man with the thunder a thousand years ago, but Get to the finals as a leading guy. Get to the final. Win a championship with Joel Embiid. Something. If you want to, if there, if your legacy really matters, if winning titles matters, then you are in the exact right place you should be. If you decide to leave Philly for Houston, what you're telegraphing to the world is the titles don't matter. And again, I'm not judging that. That's fine. Everybody's got their their own, uh, you know, uh, priorities and what makes them happy. But if you go to Houston, you have decided you've given up on the title chase. You've decided that it's more important to live somewhere that you liked and where you have a very healthy nightlife um, and to go join a roster where the key four young players at the moment, Jalen Green is 20, Kevin Porter's 22, Jabari Smith is 19, and, and Alpern Shengun is, is 20. This is a very young team. And as you point out, he'll be 34 by opening night of next season. It doesn't make sense for the timeline of the Rockets. It doesn't make sense for him. 
um, at least from a basketball standpoint, I'm telling you, this is the weirdest story of the NBA season so far. I, look, it, it makes you wonder what exactly James Harden wants out of his career because he said he wanted to win. He pushed his way into Brooklyn. And when the going got tough, and it did get tough there during that season where Kyrie was in and out of the lineup, uh, he bailed out. He wanted out. He gets to Philadelphia, which looks like an idyllic situation. You've got a franchise center, a championship-level coach, a good young roster, a GM you trust. And if this report is accurate, um, then you you have issues there, and you may want to go back to a situation where you can't hope to win over the final years of his career. It just makes absolutely no sense if you're... It, it, it makes no sense if you're James Harden. It makes even less sense if you're the Houston Rockets. They just It just doesn't compute why they'd want to, to bring uh, him back uh, into the fold. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right. Let's move on to... The Milwaukee Bucks. I want to talk about them for a minute. I was covering the Christmas Day game between the Bucks and the Celtics. The Celtics won. But again, as I wrote on SI.com, it's it's not you can't exactly extrapolate a ton out of that because Chris Middleton again didn't play in that game. Missed the entire series last year against Boston in the conference semifinals. He missed this game on Christmas Day. That was a Competitive game in the first half of the Celtics made it a laugher in, in the second half, just dominating over the final two quarters. Um, you know, I don't know how concerned we should be about Middleton at this point. We are still in late December. Uh, if you believe some of the things that Milwaukee is saying, the current knee issue he's dealing with is not overly significant, but he's now had a couple of knee issues over the last eight months. He had wrist surgery in the offseason. It's pretty clear, Howard, this team needs Chris Middleton. They went from being the third best offensive team in the NBA last season to right around 17th, 18th this year um, in offensive efficiency. They miss him badly. When teams load up on Giannis, there just isn't anybody that's consistently able to take the pressure off him, at least not in the same way that, that Middleton did. You had Drew Holiday, who is reliable. Pat Connaughton has his moments, but this team needs Chris Middleton. So I guess the question is like, how concerned should the Bucks be about, you know, Middleton's injury issues this season, which are his most significant since what? 16, 17, when he missed most of that season with, uh, I believe that hamstring injury. Yeah. I mean, teams are very dicey these days or very uh, opaque about injuries and maybe the bucks near near the top of the list of, of teams that just don't tell you much so we'll never know the, when you ask the question like how how worried should we be should they be it's it, it goes to well how how serious is the injury how much is this going to uh you know nag at him all season and we don't know the answer to that but on its face you know, obviously, and Middleton's had multiple things that have kept him out this year. But, you know, he's, he's only played seven games. He's definitely uh, he's definitely their second most important offensive player. I don't want to say he's their second most important player after Giannis because you can make a case that, that Brooke Lopez is that guy for his defensive prowess and everything else he does at both ends. Um, and Drew Holiday's an important player. But I feel like Middleton is the key to this team. This is an ensemble cast. Let's remember, when this team won a championship, it's not as though... This was, you know, a super team. Um, Middleton has made all-star teams. Drew Holiday has made, I believe, an all-star team. Giannis is a top two, three player at worst, who in any given season might be number one. And the rest of this is just, it works because it's a great ensemble cast. They've got shooting, they've got defense, they've got 
uh, interchangeable uh, players across uh, you know one through five when they're defending. Like they just they've got great versatility, but they've got some age issues. And Middleton is is I hate to say it at thirty one part of those age issues, um, but there's some miles on this team. And the fact is, you cannot as great as Giannis is, you cannot remove you know, any of those top few players and and have this this team be as dynamic. There's too much on Giannis right now. Middleton is not just a scorer and a shooter, but a ball handler and a playmaker. He does a lot at a high level. And if 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 the knee and anything else is going to be bothering him off and on all season, then yeah, that that might take them down a peg. And the fact is, as you know, Chris, I always bring up this point. I'm not worried about a team that's already won a championship during the regular season. Like you have a championship hangover last season. They still could have made the finals. They maybe this season too. Like it's not, you can't call it championship hangover because they're not the defending champs, but they're a team that already knows what it takes to nurse their way through a regular season, do all the fine tuning, figure out their rotation, figure out schemes and all that stuff, get to the postseason, And that's when you'll really go full bore. And I think as a team with a championship in their recent memory, they're not probably that concerned. That said, they started off nine and zero, and since then have gone thirteen and eleven. Um, but we've seen we've seen title contenders do this before. We've seen them kind of just meander their way through the middle part of a season, kick it into high gear again in late March, early April, and then steamroll people in the playoffs. They can do that as long as Middleton's healthy. So I'm not worried about the Bucks. They're still one of the top contenders for the title. But you know there are some warning signs that bear watching. Yeah, I think if you get Middleton back in early January and he's able to stay healthy over the final three months of the regular season, nothing to worry about, nothing to see here. This entire conversation will be completely forgot because, look, he in, in fairness to him, he has been an NBA Ironman, really, over the last three or four seasons. Played a lot of games, but a consistent presence in that lineup. It's what's, I think, helped the Bucks, who, uh, you know, besides Giannis, aren't as star-studded as some of these other teams win because they'll be able to develop great chemistry with the guys on that team. So if he gets back in January, um, no issues. But if this bleeds into February and he's in and out of the lineup, then you start to have to really wonder um, you know, just how dangerous this Bucks team can be in the playoffs because they proved last year they can't win a big series without Middleton. They won't be able to do it uh, this year, uh, I think, either. All right, I want to talk for a minute about the MVP race because you know, you're starting to you know get some – Nominations from across the country. You know, Jason Tatum submitted his resume on Christmas Day. Great performance. 41 points for Tatum in that game. He got six uh, six games, I think, this season with 40 or more pl- uh, more points. Kevin Durant, as you talked about the top, playing outstanding basketball in Brooklyn. The Nets, nine-game winning streak at the moment. There are a handful of other guys certainly in that mix. But out there in Denver, Howard... You've got Nikola Jokic, who is just balling out right now at the moment. A triple-double machine, putting up numbers comparable to his last two seasons when he won MVP. I was looking at some of the 538 numbers coming into this. They've got these Raptor rankings, which are a measurement of points a player contributes to offense and defense per 100 possessions. Jokic is plus 14.9 in these rankings. The next highest guy is Anthony Davis, who's at plus 9.5. So, again, when you look at the advanced numbers, Jokic is just blowing most guys completely out of the water. Um, 
And the argument, and what makes it probably more compelling for him is that the Nuggets are playing great. They're right there at the top of the Western Conference standings right now. And if they stay there, I'm struggling to, as a voter, struggling to wrap my head around what the argument would be not to vote for this guy for a third straight MVP. Now, you and I have had this debate before about two-time MVPs and getting a three-time MVP and becoming one of those guys. Um, where do you stand on Nikola Jokic this year? Um, so there, there's at least, you know, if you go to Basketball References MVP Tracker, which, you know, uses past results to determine, you know, odds of, of winning again, they list like 10 guys, although some of them, you know, are, are, are you know, Anthony Davis is not going to be in the mix and Steph Curry is not going to be in the mix. So just take the top of that list. It's Jokic and Doncic, Joel Embiid, Giannis, Tatum, Kevin Durant, uh, and Zion. Like all those guys are, are, are legit. So it's, it's the usual crowded field. I'd say John Morant, while he doesn't show up on that, that list for basketball reference, does deserve to be part of the conversation too. Um, you know, who knows? By the end of the season, maybe Donovan Mitchell will be making a case or Devin Booker will be making a case, right? There are other teams that will have great players doing great things um, and near the top of the standings. So it'll be it'll be a discussion. But I think if, if there's one thing I want to get across before we get into the nitty-gritty, it's this. We'll have the discussion. We'll have the debate. It'll happen vigorously, robustly, in March and April. The problem I'm having right now, Chris, is that I'm seeing a variety of folks, including at least one person who used to work with us and one person who still does work with us, who are getting... All in their feelings about the idea that Jokic somehow has already been screwed out of a third straight MVP because they believe that there's no chance anybody will win three MVPs in a row, or they believe that Jokic will not win three MVPs in a row because somehow Jokic is the most disrespected superstar of the in, in the entire history of sports. Never mind that Jokic has won back-to-back MVPs, including for uh, you know a team last year that was not a clear contender and, and does go against usual precedent, which I will always point out. Um, do you know how many guys have won back-to-back MVP? As Jokic has since 1980. I feel like we've had this conversation before, but go ahead. <laughs> 40, in 42 years, 10 guys. So Jokic is already in a category, in a club, with Giannis, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Steve Nash, Tim Duncan, and then going back further, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Moses Malone. Those are the 10 guys, Jokic among them, who have won back-to-back MVPs since 1980. So no... No one's won three in a row since Bird way back when. People want to argue about the three in a row thing. Fine. Jokic is already an elite company, all-time elite company. If he retired tomorrow, he would already be one of the the handful of guys to, to be able to claim this. That people are worried about whether he gets a third when we're not even through December yet is just just mind-boggling. Like, people, get a grip. We have four more months to debate this silly trophy. <laughs> Wait, the trophy's not silly. Our debate about it is silly, and we have become sillier every single season. We we're getting it's getting ridiculous. I don't mind the fact that we now start debating the MVP after week one and some people for game one. Fine, I accept that. It's okay to have a list. It's okay to have rankings. It's okay to have the discussion. What drives me nuts is if you are already hand wringing over a presumed result. That can't even happen for four more months. The vote will not happen till mid-April, people. If Jokic at that time is still incredibly deserving in your mind and has somehow 
been screwed by whatever, the reticence to do three in a row, the disrespect for Jokic that you perceive there to be, whatever it is, by all means, scream and yell and stomp your feet then. Doing it in December, to me, is just bizarre. End of rant for the moment. Uh, all good points. Um, I, look, right now, I would put Tatum in a slight lead on my ballot at the moment, which is relevant only because... You know, our friend Tim Bontemps asks us like every six weeks to submit <laughs> our ballot for his straw every five poll. minutes. Yeah, and sometimes I, I like to respond to Tim with um, you know, fake ballots early on. Like I think I I think I listed Sam Hauser as my first MVP <laughs> to see if he catch it. That's not um, a fake ballot. That is you really believe that. That's not even fake. That's not even joking. I wouldn't know if you had sent me that. I'd think, yep, yeah, I can see Maddox doing that. I just need Sam Hauser in the three point shooting contest at All Star Weekend. <laughs> That's about it. Um, but it's just. Like, the guy is a half an assist away from averaging a triple-double. And I know people kind of look down on that in recent years because, in a way, Russell Westbrook normalized it. But if he can become just the third player in NBA history to average a triple-double on a team that is at the top of the Western Conference standings, even looking, even not digging deeper into the advanced statistics, that's a hard guy not to vote for. It's hard not to vote for, for that sure. guy. Like his numbers are outstanding. The Nuggets play right now, in part because they've been healthy this season, or mostly healthy, um, is is excellent. So you're right. It's it's not a conversation for right now. But Jokic, I, I think he's going to make it very difficult on voters not to vote for him. And if you don't vote for well, him, you better have a good reason not to. Not just because there's fatigue to it, or there's um, other guys you want to see get the award. I'll make the point I've made before on this, which is simply that. Okay, yes, three in a row is rare. Should be rare. Um, not in and of itself, right? You don't deny a guy a third one just because you're like, oh, I don't want to put him in that club. I know people believe that's the case, presume that's the case. There's no proof that that's the case. It's just kind of this thing that everybody's so just... There's a such of, thing, though, as voter fatigue. I mean, I, there is. There, there shouldn't right, be, if, but there if, is. All right, but if, there, if, if voter fatigue were so profound, you wouldn't have... 10 guys since 1980 winning back-to-back. -back. Like, winning back-to-back -back would be harder if voter fatigue were a thing. Also, if you look at a lot of these, and I've not gone literally, I'm not going to go through the entire list. There are reasons why Nash didn't win a third in a row or Curry didn't win a third in a row or Giannis didn't win a third. Oh, what? Why didn't Giannis win third in a row? Oh, because of Jokic. Was that voter fatigue or did Jokic actually just demand uh, the the respect and and commanded the, the field because of what he'd done? He earned it. It wasn't voter for like that's it's disrespectful to the guy who wins it in the year that the guy didn't win the third by saying, oh, it's just voter fatigue. Maybe the guy earned it. Um, so the, there is a presumption included clearly by those of us in the media who do who do the voting. Also, by the way, the balloting has changed in many ways over the years. There are fewer voters now. It used to be like 125. Now it's 100. It's not the same voters because people have retired or moved on. Um so like presuming that the people who vote now are thinking of this this award in the same way that people did in like 1992 is silly. Um, so, you know, I, I don't I don't know what's going to happen in April. I don't know what my own ballot will be in April. It might have Jokic at the top. Um, but if it doesn't, it's not going to be because I'm fatigued of Jokic. It's, it's not going to be because, oh, he's just not good enough to join Larry Bird and Bill Russell among the the uh, the few who have won three in a row. It's going to be because I thought somebody was more worthy. And I think that's how most voters 
operate. And if you want to say subconsciously there's a fatigue or subconsciously you don't want to put a guy in a cat, I, I guess. But man, there's an awful lot of mind reading going on by people when they make these presumptions. And it also, it completely dismisses the idea that there are other worthy candidates, that Jason Tatum is a worthy candidate, that Kevin Durant is, is an incredibly worthy candidate right now, um, that we are going to have, that Joel Embiid is again a great candidate. Like we, you know, between now and the end of the season, injuries may knock some guys out for long enough that it whittles the field. Um, teams may take a, you know a dive in the standings, or somebody may may make a surge in the standings. It will evolve over the course of the season. Which again, if Jokic supporters are concerned because of the way that the first Tim Bontemps uh, straw poll went, okay, it's a straw poll. It's a snapshot. It's it. It is also like Tim literally says to me because he knows I'm going to overthink it and take too long to get it back to him. He's like, don't analyze it just your just off the top of your head. And I needed him to tell me that because otherwise I will spend too much time on it. And so I did. I just like literally just like, all right, real quick. And I I, I did a quick re uh, review of the stats and the standings. I did not spend that much time on it. So people should not put that much weight on a straw poll, especially given that we have two thirds of the season to go. Yeah, especially since I'm going to vote Malik Monk at the top of my next straw poll. So get ready. <laughs> get ready for that first. Place. Bumping Hauser to number two. Yeah, down to number two. Disrespectful to Sam Hauser. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought 
in that moment, oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Last thing for you, Howard. we got to talk about the NBA's latest, you know, really coming down hard on a team for tampering, really dropping the hammer on a team for for tampering violations. The New York Knicks, uh, after a exhaustive, months-long investigation by the NBA into potential tampering in the signing of Jalen Brunson, which probably should have taken, like, 15 minutes considering his father's on the coaching staff. Um, the NBA, their entire front office attended a game and sat up front uh, in the playoffs. Uh, this everything. The NBA came down with its punishment. They have fined the Knicks or taken away from the Knicks a 2025 second round pick. Our friend Mark Stein uh, on his newsletter on Substack, he had a good lead to that. He said, just stop NBA. Seriously, just stop. And I tend to agree with them, Howard. Like, you go through all these machinations to investigate a team for tampering. You find that they did tamper, and all you do is ding them a second-round pick. Not to diminish the value of second-round picks. Teams have hit on them. They have been great. Draymond Green is the prime example of that, of the value of second-round picks. But I can tell you this. If a team thinks it has a chance to sign a top-level player and can tamper with him to do it, the potential loss of a second-round pick is not going to dissuade them from doing that. This is like one of my pet, one of my peeves, my issues with Adam Silver. I think he's the best commissioner in all of sports. I really do. But my it, his weak spot, his blind spot, is that he is so afraid to piss off anybody. Like, he won't piss off these teams. Like, he's been terrified of the Knicks ever since he took that job. Like, James Dolan can do whatever he wants, and the NBA will not, you know, touch him. And now here you are. And it's not just the Knicks in the situation. This will become the NBA's punishment. Fine, you're taking away a second-round pick in 2025. And the Knicks, they're probably like, oh, bummer. All we got out of it was Jalen Brunson, who is the best point guard that we've had this century and is helping us get to uh, the middle of the playoff pack this year. I mean, are you with Stein, Beck? Should the NBA just knock this shit off, or is there another path that they can go? A couple years back uh, on my old podcast, um, I, I did, like a, I think, a six-minute monologue on this where I just ranted about, I, and I, I, I'll stand by this. I think I've probably said this a couple of times. I want a ceremony. I want, a, I want a thing. It would be, be like like the lottery is this great televised made-for-TV event that the NBA does. Something like the lottery. We'll, 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 it'll be announced. It'll, it'll be on ESPN or TNT. There'll be a big thing. And I want Adam Silver and Mark Tatum and NBA officials to come out, take the collective bargaining agreement and the league bylaws, where, wherever this thing is. I think it's in the bylaws. This massive thing that's thicker than the tax code. Drop it on a podium. Flip through thumb through, find the page where the tampering rules are, rip it out like they do from the poetry book in Dead Poets Society, and then put it in a little dish and light it on fire. I want a nationally televised ceremonial burning of the tampering rules because they are pointless. 
It's just pointless. Everybody in this league tampers. Everybody in this league tampers, and 99% of it goes unchecked, unpunished. Uh, it, it, it's just happening anyway. Just just let it go. Like, nobody, like It's not to say I don't care. I think it's, it would be nice if, if leagues had some rules and standards that they tried to live by. But it's not my league. I have no stake in it, so I don't really care. But if you're going to make a big to-do out of the fact that we have these rules, and then three years ago, Adam Silver making a big to-do out of the fact we're coming up with all these new regulations and new enforcement rules and we can subpoena, or we can we can, take, we can take your phone and we can look through your text and we can do all this stuff. They made a big thing out of how there's going to be this big crackdown. And where we are three years later is teams blatantly, obviously publicly tampering as the Knicks and some other teams have done. And you take away a second round pick. I'm not here to advocate for a harsher punishment for the Knicks or anybody else. I don't care. Um, but again, be consistent about it. You either care about this NBA or you don't. Uh, and I, I, I'm only half joking with the ceremonial burning of the tampering rules. They are kind of pointless. And it, it's for the league to, to do these exhaustive investigations at the end of it to come out with this is silly. And to your point, listen, Jalen Brunson himself was a second round pick, 33rd overall in his draft. The odds of a second round pick becoming as good as Jalen Brunson are like, I don't know, probably like less than one in 30. Like there was one or two guys every year coming out of the second round who actually have a great career on average. One or two. So your odds of getting a, gr- a great pick in the second round or, or, or acing that pick aren't that high to begin with. Every team would gladly give up a future second round pick for a current former second round pick, Jalen Brunson, who's already worked himself up to a point of being, you know, po- possibly an all-star this year or borderline all-star. He's in the conversation for it. Uh, of course, you'd gladly give up that future second round pick to, to sign him and take the tampering charge and everything. Yeah, like, like there, there is no disincentive here. So either make the punishments harsher to truly discourage teams from doing this or admit that this is all a charade and just stop the charade. One minute after free agency opens in late June, early July, there's like a dozen deals announced. Every one of them is an example of tampering. Everyone, no, no deal gets negotiated in the 15 seconds that yeah. it was uh, before it was uh, leaked on social media. It, it happens all the time. And I, I agree with you. The NBA either has to just say, forget about it. We're not going to investigate this anymore. Or have a punishment with some teeth to it. And the only kind of punishment that has teeth is spelled out in three words. First round pick. You start docking teams first round picks, you are going to get this to stop. Some way or the other, you're going to make it stop. Um, But the NBA is not going to do that because they don't want the backlash that comes from the first team that gets docked a first round pick. They're not going to do it. They'll never do it. And I think the NBA and Adam Silver have kind of painted themselves into a corner a little bit because... They were the ones that came out against this. I mean, Adam Silver was the one that said there needs to be consequences when rules are violated. They came out years ago and said, we're going to start digging deeper to this. Well, they have. They've come up with uh, illegal activities, and all they've done is find team second-round picks. That's not going to dissuade teams from doing it. First-round picks, that's it. And I don't believe, Howard, the NBA will ever do it. I don't think they'll ever dock a team a first-round pick because that would create an entire shitstorm that they just don't want to deal with. No, um, and I and I agree with you broadly that you know Adam, whether whether it's 
the players, whether it's the owners, whether it's whichever constituency, it's it's kind of his personality and his management style to try to be more collaborative and to try not like he doesn't want to be the authoritarian that his mentor David Stern was. It's this is not David Stern's NBA, you know, for better and worse. Um, you you can point to all kinds of examples where that's where that's been a plus, and there's some where maybe it's been a bit of a minus. But um, you know, Adam Silver would never never have uh, you know handed down the the virtual death penalty for the Joe Smith cap circumvention back in the day, which by the way, people bring up sometimes it was not tampering folks. It was cap circumvention on Joe Smith with the Timberwolves, but you know, they lost multiple first round picks. Um, they were, you know, pretty much handicapped for, for years after that, because of, of, you know, when you talk about Garnett's wasted years in Minnesota or the years that he couldn't get part of that was the, the lack of talent that they could bring in via the draft. Uh, but that's the thing that people fear, right? No one was going to mess around with cap circumvention or at least get caught, put it on paper as the Timberwolves foolishly did back then with Joe Smith. Like p- player teams were then deathly afraid of like, I don't want to have happen to us what happened to the Timberwolves. That's the point of it. Make an example of somebody and people will start to behave the way you want them to behave. But if, you, if you're never willing to actually punish any team, no one's ever going to change their behavior in this case. The other part of this that's interesting um, and I think there's merit to this. A lot of people noted this when the, the the Brunson case was announced last week. The Mavericks are the injured party here, if we're going to put it in those terms, right? They lost Brunson in theory because he was tampered with. Now, we could say it was the Mavericks' fault uh, reasonably because they dicked around with his contract and, you know, mm-hmm. they just, you know, rewarded him sooner. This never happened. So it's on the Mavericks too. But if tampering is a, a crime that involves a victim, the team that whose player was tampered with, then that team should get something out of it. So in, in this case, shouldn't the Mavericks be gaining the second round pick should or transfer. something else? It should transfer. There needs to be, like, if you really want, again, if you think this is serious enough to try to, re, to, to solve the issue, there needs to be enough punishment that teams don't do this anymore or at least try to be a little bit more creative and, and not get caught. But if they do get caught, it needs to be a harsh enough punishment that it's a disincentive and the injured party, the team that got tampered with, should get something out of it. Because you're saying that something untoward happened. You're saying that that team got screwed by one of their partner teams. All right, so 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 do something for them. Um, I think that's a fair part of this discussion as well. I don't expect we'll see this resolved anytime soon. No, I mean, look, it was David Stern that leveled the... Joe Smith punishment on the Timberwolves. And mm-hmm. I, I do believe that if if David Stern, uh, and I'm not saying he was a better commissioner than Adam, who again, I think is an excellent commissioner and has done a lot of good things for this league. It, but if David Stern had, you know, issued the kind of mandate that Adam Silver did saying, we've got to, you know, enforce our rules, there would have been an enforcement of the rules, a real enforcement of the rules, not just these sort of slaps on the wrist that aren't going to dissuade anyone from from doing anything. So uh, I think we're both on the same page. Just screw it. Let's just let teams do whatever the hell they want. They're going to do it anyway. You can't police agents. Uh, and they're always going to have like a plausible deniability. Like, oh, you called GMX? Yeah, I, was, I wasn't talking about player X. I was talking about player Y, uh, who's another guy that's on his roster right now. So there's no there's no way to, to, to accurately police this at, at but, a, a meaningful level. By the way, let me just bring this up too, just to put a... Put a uh, exclamation point on this discussion we've seen this like since the league decided started their quote-unquote crackdown we've seen a bunch of teams lose second round picks which is nothing 
Remember the one team that really got smacked around hard for tampering the last few years? It was the Lakers because Magic Johnson on a late night talk show did his whole jokey, winking, oh, yeah. nodding thing about, I think that was about Paul George. They got, what did they get, like a half million dollar fine or something? And the Clippers got dinged for, uh, I think it was Doc was still there at the time, said something about Kawhi Leonard. There's like, teams have been more harshly punished for words, for guys and for team, for players that they did not get, but for say, simply praising a player or joking about a player and getting just reamed by the NBA for it, those teams have gotten more harshly punished than the teams that actually tampered, actually were found to have tampered and got the player that they were tampering with, and those teams have just lost second-round picks. Like, the whole... It, this is why it's so frustrating. Again, you have no stake in this. I have no stake in this. I don't care. The inconsistency in the way the NBA talks about it versus the way they act on it is is just kind of annoying. Let's I see. agree. I agree. All right, Howard. Last podcast of 2022. We'll be back again in 2023. Oh, it's a pleasure, my friend. We'll see you then. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.